Down in three. Quick throw. What a catch. Samuel stays upright. Terrific catch and run. One-on-one with Ramsey. Can't bring him down. Samuel. Highlight reel. Touchdown. Capital of the world. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh my goodness! It's the DC Martin Show. 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 First and 10 for Mahomes. Pressure and he sacks. First one of the day and it's Bosa who gets home. DC Martin. DC Martin. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. He is electrifying. T.C. Martin. Is this for real? Oh, my goodness. Can he do it twice? T.C. Martin. Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. 101 yards. Goodbye. Cordero Patterson, the ninth time in his NFL career. A house call on a kick. The T.C. Martin Show. It is a football Friday. Where else? To the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook T.C. Martin Show. Coast-to-coast, border-to-border, wherever you may be. And if you're in the house here at the Westgate, you're enjoying a football Friday Breeders' Cup Classic. We've got that happening day one of two at the uh, beautiful confines of Santa Anita. Marco D'Angelo not there, but he's here, even though I know he would love to be at the Breeders' Cup. You know it's a big weekend for horse racing when we're in the Westgate on a Friday. How many TVs are on the big screen that the horse races today from Santa Anita? Many. Many. It's, you, got, you got the two big boys, you know, the bookends, as you like to always use the phrase. Yeah. You got the bookends over there. Yeah. We got one right in front of us. And, uh, yeah, this is a good weekend. That's how much I like you because I should be down on the floor. <laughs> You know, throwing money at the window. You mean throwing money away? No, no. <laughs> uh, Breeders' Cup, always a, a great time, uh, the first Saturday in November. All right, we've got a lot to hit on today, of course. Best bets coming your way. We'll give you our three best college plays, three best NFL plays. Marco D'Angelo, my tag team partner here, the bookend on Mondays and Fridays. And, of course, Jay Cornegay, the legend himself, is waltzing around here today. Uh, is he his be, bodyguard? Is he going to be on time? Well, <laughs> is he going to be on time? That's all right, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> I asked him earlier. I said, uh, I said, do you need an alarm clock? Uh, do you need a bodyguard? Do you need an assistant? And he goes, I'm here. I'll be there. So, yeah, he's, he's rolling around checking everything out right now. The vice president of Sportsbook Operations and our gracious host here at the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Uh, best bets coming your way. Trevor Maddich will join us as well a little bit later on in the show. And like I said, uh, giving you our best bet plays, which have uh, been pretty rock solid. So and go to the website and check all of that out at tcmartinshow.com. We will talk NFL, college football, a lot of big matchups. And I don't know about you, Marco, but this was one week where I actually could have gone a lot deeper than the three college and, and three NFL. I actually had to scale back, and that's not always the case. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm I got a deep card in the uh, college. Um, it was tough for me to get the 
the three games for the show. By the time we get to Sunday, I'll have more plays on my card for sure. But we got a lot of question marks this week all around the league. I mean, there's quarterbacks not announced yet of who's starting. We've got quarterbacks that are starting that have been announced that I'm still trying to figure out why. We've got coaching changes. We got there's just a whole plethora of uh, question marks around the NFL this week. And unfortunately, one of the best games of the weekend, and I'm sure when Jay comes on and talks to us, uh, I'm sure they wish it was a little bit later in the afternoon, not Kansas City in Miami at uh, 6 in the morning Vegas time. 6.30 a.m. to the game in Frankfurt, Germany. And I usually stay away from those games because I'm not up watching them and usually not very good games. Usually the bottom feeders in the NFL. But since the NFL made it mandatory that every team now has to go and play in these overseas games, the Chiefs actually had to give up a home game this yeah. year be because of it, uh, where that would never be the case in the past. Again, they would always send teams over like Jacksonville or Tennessee or the Raiders, teams that had problems selling out. So, hey, we'll compensate you nicely, give up a home game and go over there. But now, since the NFL has gone really in deep with the overseas games, now expanding not just to, to England, but going to Germany, Spain, uh, you know, the Mexico City games, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, they've now required every team to partake in this. So uh, it's the Chiefs' turn. It is a good game. And uh, I am going to be involved in this game, especially in, in a best bet scenario, which I am usually not. So uh, you know, we'll talk about that today. We'll talk about the quarterback changes, like Marco said. You know, we were sitting here last uh, you know Sunday watching the games here at the Superbook, having a great time here. No better sports book in the world. And we were tallying up the backup quarterbacks that appeared in Sunday's action. It was nine. Nine backup quarterbacks that uh, played and got the call. Either they started the game or came in a relief. And uh, may not be as many this weekend, but uh, Deshaun Watson is returning to the forefront for Cleveland. We've seen that line move all over the place. And I was actually fine with playing the Browns Sunday with P.J. Walker. Deshaun Watson, not so sure. But I just think it's a good spot for them. Left it off my best bets, but I, 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 I love teams in bounce-back situations, especially after they had a heartbreaking loss, and now they're coming back home. So I think it's a good spot for the Browns, even though the line has really skyrocketed against an Arizona team that will be starting a, uh, a rookie quarterback in Clayton Toon, who went to the University of Houston, but he's going to get the start since Joshua Dobbs got traded from Arizona this week in an odd scenario. And now over to the Minnesota Vikings. I can't wait till I, I do a, a weekly radio show in Arizona and I have to always cover the Cardinals game every week. <laughs> what am I going to say this week? I mean, there's only so many ways that you can sugarcoat an organization and a team that's not good. And, you know, obviously you remember going back to the preseason when they made the bold move and cut, you know, Colt McCoy, the only guy that actually knew the offense on the roster because, you know, Kyler Murray was not going to be ready. And that surprised everybody. And all of a sudden, everybody assumed that they were going to be tanking. And although they didn't win games, they covered the first three games of the season. They've had problems since. Now you cut Joshua Dobbs. Kyler Murray's close to being back. He's actually traveled. He's traveling with the team this weekend. He did participate in practice. So if something happens, minor chance we could see him in action this week. But I, he's been injured for this long. 
would you want to bring him back in his for you know to see action for the first time against that defensive front of the Cleveland Browns? I mean, if you're in the business of winning football games, then you are. Even though Arizona is dismal at one and eight, uh, one and seven, one and eight, whatever the ridiculous record is. Uh, are, are you playing for next year? If that's the case, then just sit him out altogether yeah. and don't let him play. But if you're in the business of winning football games and trying to build a little momentum, then you know he is your best quarterback on your roster, and he's a lot better than Clayton Toon. <laughs> so I don't know. If you're well enough to practice and you're well enough to travel, you're well enough to play. So I know that now Arizona is kind of saying, okay, Tune is going to be our starter, but now they're saying, well, wait a minute. We're going to make it a game-time decision. So that could change. If it if that is the case where he is announced, are you going to see some different line movement in that game? How much line movement can you make for a guy that hasn't played since, you know, late last season when he get, you know, got – I'm trying to remember – I remember the game, and I think it was a Monday night game when he got hurt, but I don't remember the date of that that game. And, you know, so he hasn't had practice. It's going to take him time. He hasn't, you know, worked with the, you know, that much with the first unit. I don't think it moves the needle a lot. It'll move it some. But you talk about, you know, Cleveland and P.J. Walker, you were okay with it. I would have been okay with it, too, because I think there's a little bit of dissension with some of the players in the Cleveland locker room that, you know, this Deshaun Watson experiments. If you had to grade it right now, you know, what you got out of them last year and what you've got out of them so far, that was not money well spent, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, the, the defense has played their butts off for Cleveland uh, with the exception of the, the last two games. They've given up, you know, some yardage and points. But we say that all the time. You can only withstand how many three and outs, uh, you know, when your defense is on the field constantly that it's going to wear out. So we'll see what happens. I know where you're at on that Cleveland game, and I can't disagree with you. They'll be in some teasers, uh, you know, for sure, probably on uh, my portfolio for Sunday with some with some teams because there, there's some games I like on, on the teasers, and you've got a marquee matchup the Sunday night game. You right. know, you, you think about it, we're starting early 6 6.30 here in Vegas, and then the last game on the board uh, for Sunday is a really good one with the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, a red-hot Cincinnati Bengals team right now. Joe Burrow coming off his best game of the season, showed no signs of, you know, the calf injury that, you know, had hampered him all season, but that was also coming off two weeks to prepare. So not only was it two weeks to prepare, he got an extra week of rest, on that on that calf and it paid dividends because he was their second leading rusher in that game last week right and the nfl got it right this week though you know with the featured you know games in the time slot i mean really in that early morning time slot 10 a.m uh, pacific really nothing really marquee but at 125 you've got the cowboys and the eagles and like you said leading into the sunday night game so you've got a great game at 6 30 in the morning mm-hmm. 10, not so much. So take I guess, a na- Take a nap at 10. Take a nap. So there you go. You, you go ahead and you watch that 6.30 a.m. game. Then you go get your breakfast or brunch, as you like. Yeah. You do the brunch you know, during the, the whole morning set there, and then you lock down 
for Eagles and Cowboys, and then you've got Bengals and Bills. And it's Sunday perfect night. for me because the Steelers aren't playing at one, you know, one o'clock Eastern this week because they played last night. Wait, wait. Does that mean that you're you're not going to like no show your partner if he asks you to come watch a game or something because you don't have to be at a certain bar with certain black and gold Steeler fans? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, well, what I'm trying to say is I will still be watching the games, yes. But one of the guys that does show up out of that group uh, works at night on Saturday night. So that cuts into a sleep. So the fact that the Steelers are not playing in the early game, I can give you a lock on this show. My buddy Glenn will be snoozing at, at 10 a.m. He will not be joining me for the early games. Uh, too funny. All right, let's talk about your Pittsburgh Steelers last night as the Steelers defeated the Tennessee Titans and covered barely. Uh, game opened two and a half, closed at three. Yeah, the juice even went up to uh, minus 120 on that game, and the Steelers end up winning by four, 20 to 16. It wasn't a pretty game, but it was a typical, I guess, uh, you know, I'm going to use uh, the word, I, I think this is Houston Nuts' word, uh, a slobber knocker of a game. <laughs> it was definitely a slobber knocker of a game. Uh, and under, it, and these two teams, when Tennessee and Pittsburgh get together, it, it's not pretty. A lot of punts, a lot of defense, and it came down to the waning seconds, and the Steelers hung on for a victory, and uh, Tennessee continues to have trouble losing, or rather, tr uh, trouble on the road. They lost again, I believe, for the ninth consecutive time for dating back to last year. A couple big things from that game. Um, Steelers kept their record intact. They are now been outyarded in all eight games this season. Five and three record to show for it. Um, the big news, uh, and I know, you know, we talked before we come on the air, Kurt uh, Armstreet was really, I mean, he mentioned it at least five times during the game. Matt Canada was down on the sidelines calling the plays last night. Did you notice that? <laughs> and heard it repeatedly from your boy Kurt Herbstreit. Yeah. Uh, it was just, you know. But they actually had, I would give him probably maybe a, a B last night on the play calling until the final drive. And me and you were texting during the game. And I'm telling you, that last drive when they took over, I'm texting you before they're coming out of the huddle. Run a pass play on second down. Do not run it up the middle. Give them a pass play. Let Kenny Pickett make a throw. Game's going to be over. You're going to get the first down. They've got everybody stuck in the box. They know you're going to run the football. That's what you do. You want them to burn that second time. Come on, yeah, just so predictable. Uh, it, it, I've like, yeah. I wanted to throw the remote at the TV yeah. when they ran the play because they were going to get the ball because they did it. Part there was like 206 whenever they started right. the drive, so they got. Run, run, one play. Don't have to burn the timeout. You got the two-minute warning. Then you're going to burn two timeouts. You're getting the ball back with one, a minute 50 left. That's right. You only burn like 60, 16 seconds off the clock Yeah, yeah. in three plays. Come on. Yeah, and they carried a timeout over with them. They didn't burn all their timeouts. No, they on, had a timeout, yeah. On, on the other side of the two-minute warning. So under two minutes, they still had a timeout and uh, drove the length of the field, took over at their own eight. And uh, that's where Pittsburgh took over at their own eight, and they drove the length of the field uh, to get the game-winning touchdown. Which, by the way, 
believe it or not, as much as people have complained about Kenny Pickett, you know, not living up to the, you know, being a number one draft. Do you know that was his seventh fourth quarter comeback? I in, know. In, in a just, I mean, he didn't start. He came in in fifth game last year, so he doesn't have full. You know, he's just now basically at a full season of games. That's that stat by itself, out of context, is pretty is pretty impressive for a young quarterback. If you're looking at the heroes of last night's game for the Steelers. It was the running backs in Najee Harris and, yep. and, and Warren. I, I uh, actually like Warren. Warren, Warren is great. Uh, and that is a great combo that they've got with those two guys. But when they needed to grind out first downs or they needed to get uh, you know some, some chunk plays on, on the ground, those guys both came through uh, last night. And Warren, uh, I felt bad for him. He should have had that touchdown. But as he reached over for the pylon, his uh, right foot stepped out of bounds. For a, would have been a nice long touchdown, but the, the ended up uh, getting in. Uh, that was, uh, you know, those two guys, and that's what Steeler football is, right? I mean, what? you know, ground and pound but for the I, most part. But but Pickett is getting better. You know, he, he does give you that dimension. I'm still not crazy about the the wide receivers for the Steelers. And again, you know, you got to put up more than 20 points in in a game like that on on your home field, uh, especially when you got pretty good balance of running the football and throwing it through the air. But Hey, they covered for us, got there, was ugly, but we'll take it. Pickett, and he said it in his post-game interview after the game, you know, they commented on the fourth quarter comebacks, and he says, well, you know what? And he said, this is on me. He says, I missed some throws early. We wouldn't have needed the fourth quarter comeback if he makes some of those throws. Uh, that you know, he has a tendency, it's one way or the other. He either overthrows or he puts it, you know, he puts it in the dart. He's he short, you know, yeah. and that's been a problem. He had a couple guys wide open that he lays it in there. You're, you're talking a touchdown. And even on the play um, that we thought was a touchdown originally, but he didn't get the second yeah. foot in, which he had a lot of time to get that second. That, that's a play that a receiver's got to make. But Pickett was just a second late in getting rid of the football there that he shouldn't have been that close to the to the end line. Right. Took off a touchdown off off the board, which I thought it was a touchdown, and then I come back. I'm going, what happened? It's 13-13. What happened? Yeah. As you know, I was I was flipping back and forth because you had two college football games last night, and the the Pittsburgh Steelers Tennessee Titans game. All three of those televised games went down to the the final possession in the final seconds. Uh, it, it was crazy. And, you know, Duke got a last second field goal to beat Wake Forest, and then uh, Texas Tech defeated TCU. But uh, all, all three very intriguing games that went down to the final minute last night. Yeah. The the NFL game, the, you know, the prime game, uh, it, for a change, you know, it w- they're marquee names from the past, but for form this year, not so much. But yet the Steelers are 5-3. and three. I'll tell you, I'm going to be honest, and part of the reason I had the Steelers last night is I did not expect Will Levis to look as good as he did on a short week. I got to give him credit last night. He was making throws. He was reading, you know. Now, granted, Pittsburgh did have uh, Fitzpatrick out in the secondary. That helped them a lot. But I was impressed the way he would go through his reads. And he was under duress most of the night. You know, T.J. Watt and company, every play, it was just he got rid of the ball just a split second before the rush got there. And, you know, he maintained his poise in a very hostile environment. You play at Pittsburgh, you know, on one of these standalone games. You know, Tomlin's record's been, you know, excellent in these spots. I got to give him credit. 
Uh, he looked better than the Will Levis I saw for a good portion of Kentucky time that uh, he was in college. Yeah, well, the last two weeks. I mean, he gets to start last week against Atlanta. He goes 19 for 29 for 238 yards. He did have four touchdowns in that game, but last night, no touchdowns, one interception there at the end of the game. The percentage, 22 for 39, fairly good, but not great. 262 yards, and he was sacked four times. So... Uh, in the in the last two weeks, he's been sacked six times. But you're right, he kept coming back, even after being harassed. And T.J. Watt uh, was fantastic again last night, especially the, uh, the sack where his uh, helmet fell off. The headless horseman. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So I, I got to check my fantasy points because I did have the Steelers' defense last night. I guess I should check that and see how well it did for me. Uh, you guys in the fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't act like you professional handicappers don't get involved in fantasy. I mean, a lot some of you guys, guys do. Some I do, don't. Some don't. But it's yeah. my pet peeve when I'm in a when I'm in a sports book and I got you know a, a decent amount of money on a game, and the other team scores against me, and somebody you know next to me or in front of me is jumping up and down and high fiving and uh, all excited, and I go, oh, oh, you bet them. Oh no, no, I got that guy on my fantasy <laughs> right, team. Right. That drives me. That just that drives me nuts. Well, you know you go wrong. Yeah. You're, you're you're hanging out in sports books too much. I mean, uh, watch the games from home, my friend. <laughs> Come on. Hey. I know you got multiple TVs. Come on. It, but there's nothing like I. The I D'Angelo like, Palace. Come yeah, on. It do, you don't need. Do, Lori doesn't make me wings at home. Okay. <laughs> I need wings to watch the football game. <laughs> All right. Do what I do, man. Grill. Grill. You know, you got the grill going, you got the, 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 the big screen TV at home, comfort of your own home. You can yell and scream as much as you want, throw things at your television, yell at the neighbors. Wait, tease the question for me. <laughs> grill, baby. The, you know, that's my Sunday routine when I can be home on a Sunday. Tease. Yes, sir. Was that grill comped? <laughs> <laughs> no, I paid for my grill. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of smart... Alec comment is that. Now. Really you know started, exactly really what kind of smart Alec comment yeah. that was. <laughs> you can thank me for all you know this. I, you know that, huh? You, you know what? It is, it is about time for a new grill. It is time. Yeah, that, I brought that grill with me from Green Bay. Okay, so do you know anybody that you could, like, you Yeah, know, let's, let's put that out there. Yeah, so you get TC, the official grill of the TC Martin Show. Hey, you know, <laughs> you know actually, you gave me an idea there because I, I had done some remotes at a grill place uh, before back in the day. So, yeah, that's a good idea. Dude, there you go. I'm See, full of good ideas. The idea man right here. <laughs> the idea man. But you don't like being in a bar and have a lovely cocktail waitress bringing you beverages and wings. You know, There's nothing better when they're bringing that tray out. And, okay, you know. so I'm going to say this. All right, now, as you know, and many people know, uh, I am a food snob. I'm a oh, snob. Yes, at, I'm yes, a seat yeah. snob. I'm a, I'm a snob at a lot of things. Yes, Hot sure. dog snob. You know, I, I got to talk oh, to you. Oh, yeah. Most of the wings that you get at your garden variety bars are not very good. They're not. They're not good. They're frozen. They're no good. You know where I go for my wings, so I can't get wings out anywhere else except Blue Ribbon. Blue Ribbon, the Cadillac of wings. That is not a bar food. Uh, when you can't even put them in the it's, it's, it's Exactly, but that's what goes down my throat. Do you understand? When I go wings, I get those Cadillac of wings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Okay, so, yeah, you want to go for that. I get that. But, no, you know, really, no. Because I'm kind of 
as much as I love doing You're shows spoiled. and being out in the public, I love I love being out in the public yeah. and talking to people. When I'm going to watch a game and I got money on the game, I don't want these ham and eggers around me for getting exactly what you just described. Oh, I got this guy on my fantasy team. Or worse, that the guy's got the $5 10 team parlay and he's rooting against you when you got a straight bet or you know, you've know you got a, a two or three team teaser going and you don't want to hear this guy. You don't want to hear those people. Well, I've, I've told you before that there's times if I have a big play, there's team affiliate bars out right. there. Right. I'll go there. I know. You told I'll, me. I, I, so because I want everybody We're saying the same thing. You know. But you put yourself in that element where, A, you're not always getting the best quality food. Let's be honest. Okay. And you are getting the vermin around you that are rooting against you. <laughs> vermin. The vermin? <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you know there, there's some guys that have been hanging out at that bar since 1 o'clock in the morning. They you know, haven't hit a shower in a while. I'm just saying, you know, I know the places you're frequenting, you know. Some are, some are great, you, but others are, are not. No, you stay home and you watch yeah. the game. Why else do you get the package? So you, because of Blue Ribbon Chicken, you will not eat chicken wings anywhere else. Pretty much. No, that, that is accurate. See, and I give you, you know. But don't a, you understand that? I get what you, but you can't compare the. That's a whole. Then that's I a get something else. Then I'll get a burger. I'll get a Philly cheese. I'll get something. Else. I'm you're not talking getting about wings. A, a gourmet wing that's. Yes. It, it's on its own. In class, you can't even compare. And you do the same thing with, you know, you drive me nuts when you go, well, well how's the steak there? And I tell you, TC, don't go. The steak is good, but you're going to be disappointed because you go to this one place all the time. You buy the same steak, the Wagyu steak. What'd you say? It's the top five. Do you say it buy? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, whoa, 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 I got dizzy. Oh, this might be the big one. <laughs> the steaks are expensive. Okay. Yeah, buy yeah, yeah. But because you had that type of steak, which yeah. is the top like 3% in the country of steaks. Okay? Yes. Now, every other steak doesn't live up to that. But but I can put I can categorize that and I will go to other places but that you, have steaks. But you'll but pout. I've seen you. I've been there. You've pouted when you've got your steak. They gotta cook like it a right. little kid. They got to cook it right. That's all. That's all. But I know what I'm walking into. For example, like I like a good steak sandwich. I like a good open face steak sandwich. And so I'll I, I want to make sure that the you know the, the steak is is good. I know it's not going to be wagyu. I get that, but as long as you cook it right, I'm okay with that. Okay? I took you I to can a place that. that has a good uh, steak sandwich. It's got a New York strip on. It's got the mushrooms. It's got the onions. Yeah. It's in. Yeah. What happened? And here's what here's what where they undercooked it. <laughs> the roll. Uh, we've had this discussion before. The bread can make or break a yeah, sandwich. Very true. And, and their role is good. Very true. And they have tremendous fresh cut fresh fries. Fresh cut fries, they do. But yet, ah, you, 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 you brought up wings, okay? You brought okay. up wings, okay? I, I don't want the, the bottom of the barrel... Wings. I don't want that. I want quality wings. That's all I'm saying. I want you. You want to penalize me because I like quality food, all right? Okay. I will go to certain burger establishments because I want a good quality burger. Other burger establishments, I won't go. I mean, it's it's that way with all food. So you want to you want to say steak and this and that, but with steak, I'll go to an Outback or something like that. I know what I'm getting with that, uh, but you know, again, that's good. Now you should go like maybe for the creamy soup, you know, you know. For other things that they got, so I don't know why you're hating on that, man. You know, it's, you know, I'm just saying. The argument you took it to food. The argument is, 
you go to a sports book, you go to a sports bar or whatever, just know that you're going to have some frustration with either not getting the game on you want, with the sound, all that other stuff, or the ham and eggers around you. That's all I'm saying. The sound can be a problem because yeah. everybody has some that what they want to watch. Right. Okay. And, you know, so I will give you that one. All right. When we come back, uh, we'll talk Raiders. Raiders, Giants, and with the new look Raiders, everything that we've been talking about this past week, Mark Davis uh, pulling the plug, and uh, rightfully so, on Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, and also offensive coordinator Mike, Lom- uh, rather Mick Lombardi. So the New England Patriot way is no more here in Las Vegas, which uh, is a good thing. And I know we'll probably have some differing opinions on who will show up tomorrow, what's going to happen in that game with the Raiders and the Giants. We'll dive into that. Remember, our best bet segment is coming next hour as well, too. Our three best college plays, three best NFL plays. And Jay Cornegay, the vice president of Sportsbook Operations, will join us next. And he'll tell us where the money is going here on a football Friday here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. I do exactly what I want to do. It's It's the the Dr. Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. Brown, 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 Bill. Back here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Yes, it is a football Friday. It is our Friday home. We are here each and every Friday, 2 to 4 p.m., bringing it to you strong just like this. Shout out to my man back in Curacao, Big Al. Always listening. And Big Al will be in the house here next week. Marco D'Angelo will be on the road. So Big Al stepping in for Big Marco. What do you think of that? There you go. He's got some big shoes to fill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Both of you guys come strong with the food, though. I got to say that. So Big Al will be in town. And, uh, yeah, looking looking forward to that. Marco will be... At the Penn State Michigan game next week. How about that? First, uh, my first trip to Happy Valley. You got a white T-shirt. You better get a white T-shirt. It's not the white out. Game. Yeah, but people still wear. They, they they still try to go white. I did or I did order a Penn State hoodie. It'll be here tomorrow, though. I did white or navy blue. Uh, I'm navy blue. Yeah. You ordered a Penn State hoodie and you didn't ask me if I wanted one. You know how I am with my. What are you doing, man? Come on. Come on, Marco. Don't you know when you shop, you have to shop for TC as That's well? Right. Well, by the way, my, my accountant called. Yeah. I, I need your social security number to declare you as an appendant. He keeps asking all these write-offs that I keep turning in with your name attached to it. Well, you shouldn't be losing these food bets then. Yeah. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> Come on. There it is, man. Raiders. All right, man. Uh, a lot of this this stuff broke after Monday when, when I last saw you. We've been talking about it the last couple of days. Uh, Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach, second year as an NFL assistant, both with the Raiders. Four years, a head coach at Long Beach Poly, where he went to school himself. He's, a, he's an NWA guy. He's a Compton guy. Four years, an assistant under Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Joined the Raiders staff last year. So he is now the interim head coach. There's going to be a lot of fire from this team when they come out of the tunnel. 
Um, they're inspired. They've got a former player leading them. And Antonio Pierce was a great player. You know, played eight years in the NFL with the Giants, got a Super Bowl ring, uh, and that team that knocked off the New England Patriots who were 18-0. Also played with the Washington Redskins as well, too. Great player. Uh, he's saying all the right things. We know that he's coached the linebackers here for the Raiders, but now you have to oversee everything. And when he got the word, basically on Tuesday night, basically had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, to prepare for a game plan, get everything in order. I know a lot of people are riding the emotion factor with the Raiders this week, but I'm still not sold that this is a lockdown bet, Marco. The Raiders are a two-point favorite. Giants are getting Daniel Jones back. Giants defense is one of the better defenses in the National Football League. And uh, it's, it's a hard game for me to handicap. It is. I'm looking at it, TC. If it would have... The part... I like everything that happened this week, okay? You know from going back to last year, I wasn't a fan of the hire to start with. Um so I'm, ha- I'm. You never want to see somebody get fired, but he just was not the right person for this job. And quite frankly, I thought he lost the locker room. We we saw a lot of, uh, you know, uninspired play uh, the last few weeks. I think that is going to be rectified. You're going to see, you know, we use the phrase 110 percent, which I know you can't really be 110 percent. There's no such thing. But they're going to give everything they got. The players are. I was surprised that they also benched Jimmy Garoppolo. If he was quarterbacking this week, I definitely would have had a play on the Raiders. I like it's an angle we that I use in all professional sports. You fire a coach, it fires up the team. Baseball, you know, you you ride that team the game after they fire a manager until they lose. You know, in because they are inspired. They want to prove that hey, it wasn't us; it was him. You know, they got something to prove, and you'll see that. But we're going with a rookie quarterback that's made one start, and it was against the team that doesn't have a good defense. It was against the Chargers, if you remember the start he had. He wasn't horrible. He threw the pick at the end of the game, and the team did lose. But again, it was the Chargers' defense. You know, you're not going against, you know, not that, hey, if there's a team, let's be honest, if there's a team in the NFL right now that's as dysfunctional as the Raiders are, I, you got to look at the Giants. They're a mess. And you, you talk about their coach. You know, he went from coach of the year to this team, you know, is laying colossal egg this year. His expectations were high. They gave, that they, was a fraudulent coach of the year, as we well know. It, it, this stuff happened. Hey, I, guess what I see? No way. We got a, we got a J sighting. We, we got the big guy coming. We can ask him. You sure his his watch is working today? I well, I don't. <laughs> Jay Cornegay joins us, ladies and gentlemen, fresh out, <laughs> fresh out of the paddock in the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> Were you cashing tickets in that last Breeders' Cup race or what? Well, I was picking up tickets off the floor to see if I could find a winner. <laughs> That's what you were doing over there. Okay, my friend. Oh, boy. I missed you, I missed you last week because I really wanted to talk, you know, Colorado State UNLV after that, you know, yeah. last week. And, you know, 
What I was, at that, I was at that game. I know. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a great game. You were uh, wearing half scarlet and red, and half uh, you know green and gold. A little bit of both. My my you know my wife graduated from UNLV. My son's going there, and my daughter graduated from UNLV. So I'm kind of outmatched. <laughs> All right, and uh, I you know I got mixed emotions. I follow the rebels. I root for the rebels. I got my alma mater. I, I tend to root for the team that can benefit the most from a victory, you know, whether it's basketball or football. And I know that UNLV, CSU's not going to do anything this year, but UNLV has a chance to go to a bowl game. Most, or they're going to go to a bowl game and most likely, you know, a decent one if they can continue to win. And uh, I was a heartbreaker last week. But with that said, I was kind of rooting for UNLV. I, I, you know, okay. I, I understand. You know, I, are you far, far it, enough removed from this show Yellow pick up in Fort Collins? I uh, uh, we, we're worldwide, <laughs> brother. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, know. We'll, we'll tweet out the link and point it back to you. We'll tag uh, your CSU yeah. you know, football, CSU athletics. We'll, we'll do all that kind of stuff, yeah. Well, that being said, UNLV on the road to, at New Mexico this week, a 10-point favorite. Seen any action, any backers there for the Rebels? Actually, I've seen both. Really? It, it went up uh, uh, to 11 at one time, and as soon as we went to 11, uh, it we took a play at plus 11. And so, action on both ends of it. Okay. Um, I don't really have an opinion. I haven't actually had a lot of time to look into it. Yeah. Marco, what do you see? This is a game that if UNLV shows up, plays a good game, wins in, in covers, this is the type of game that in the past... They would not. There would be a no-show, okay? Because this is a flat spot of flat spots. You come off that Colorado State last-second win that made them bowl eligible, then go to Fresno State, who is clearly the class of the Mountain West Conference, and have an opportunity to win that game. I mean, you never want to see you know a young kid make a you know a play like that drop. I mean, it should have been a touchdown. Yeah. Um, bigger question would have been is if he catches it. Does he kick the extra point or go for two? That would have been the interesting. <laughs> I was thinking that same thing. Like, is well, is Barry going to be the gambler here or yeah. what? You know? and so now coming off those two games and going on the road and being a sizable favorite, I don't know that I'm going to get to the window with it, but if you ask me my play, I lean New Mexico plus the points. Well, this is where the coaches make their money, right? I mean, you know it's a dead spot. I mean, this is the one where they got to coach them up. Yep. And I always like to see that in coaches, you know, in the second half, when, when a team isn't performing well, and, and then they come out and do well, whether it's, again, whether it's football or basketball. I thought Lon Kruger was really good at that. I thought yeah. he was great coming out of timeouts. I thought he was great coming out of the locker room in the second half. And I think that's a telling sign of how good a, a coach can be, you know, not just him, but his staff, to get them motivated. You know, if they come out flat, and they just kind of hang around and lay an egg in the first half. You know, if they come out in the third quarter and play really well, I'm going to give them all the credit in the world. Uh, so it's a it's a challenging spot for not only the players, but for the coaches as well. And UNLV should be good here. I mean, again, New Mexico is having an awful season. They lost to UNR last week. Uh, they got blitzed at home uh, a few weeks ago against San Jose State. Lost to New Mexico State. Uh People aren't showing up to their games there in Albuquerque. I mean, this is this is should be a prime spot. And I, knowing Barry Odom, he's not going to allow this team uh, to to come up flat. So this, I think, this is a great spot for UNLV, especially Marco on a teaser. 
Seriously. <laughs> Teaser, please, or get that thing down to three, four points. Oh, Come boy. on, Jay. Well, our windows are open. There you go. <laughs> Sign me up. You, right. you like those college teasers, yeah, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah the book, oh, the book yeah. likes those. They're a good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're talking about the Raiders, you know, okay. as you waltzed up here. Raiders and, and, and the Giants. Uh, before we dive into the, that game, though, we're talking about the, the reasoning for Mark Davis, you know, uh, you know, making the move that he did. Totally understand why he did. But, Marco, you were saying that if Jimmy Garoppolo was playing, you may consider you're really playing the Raiders. I, 100% situation. I would have the Raiders. But, but the reason why that they are not playing Jimmy Garoppolo because Mark Davis wanted to disassociate himself and, and his team with everything the, new, uh, the Patriot way is now gone. It's gone. So you, hi, you get rid of Joshua Daniels, get rid of Dave Ziegler, and you get rid of the offensive coordinator. All came over from New England. Your quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo, and your backup is Brian Hoyer. So you can't get rid of those guys right now, but you can bench them. So to me, this is where the message lies. It's like, okay, we are moving forward. We don't want any of that stench around the program. And, hey, give Aiden O'Connell a shot. Even though the team's 3-5, and five, Mark is saying, hey, we know it's a long shot, but, you know, we still got something to play for. I get what you're saying, but there's also the saying, don't cut your nose off in spite of your face, okay? You still want to try to win, and Jimmy Garoppolo is your best chance of trying to win, in my opinion. I, I know, agree with that. Yeah, I would put, I would have put him out there. Because what are you going to do? If, if you end up, you use Aiden O'Connell, you're going to end up, you're not going to have a winning record. You're going to be, you're going to go draft the quarterback next year. Or yeah. after you sign, you spent that money on Jimmy Garoppolo. It, but the Raiders are really high on this guy. I don't see it. Could be wrong. But what they've seen in practices, preseason games, and then. Gl- uh, glimpse uh, in the Charger game, you know. That, so they want to go forward, and again, they don't want the Derek Carr controversy. This is Derek Carr all over again. Remember how they they benched Carr so they wouldn't have to pay him, and that is going to come into play with Garoppolo towards the end of the season. You're not going to see him at the end uh, of the season because they would have to guarantee him the 11 million dollars for next year. So I mean, all of that is in play. Let's go to our on-the-spot reporter, Jay Cornegay <laughs> and the Raiders. Hey, guys. it's uh... <laughs> yeah, You know, I, I'm... He's, I'm, he's I, holding I, the microphone oh, up, too. Yeah, yeah, like he's got right, a microphone. Right, That's great. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. On the field here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that an organization like this they really need to define, you know, what they're really, what the big picture is. Is it, you know, are they trying to win next year? Are they going to try to win the rest of the year? Are they trying to rebuild? You know, what's the plan? Because if you just keep taking buckets full of water and just throwing it out at the raft, I just don't think you're going to go anywhere. So the sooner as you can identify we're, what we're going to do, you know, the better. And then th- make those moves accordingly, you know. Aiden, I think. Where did Aiden go to school at? Purdue. Purdue. That's right. And uh, I personally think, I'm respectfully going to disagree with Marco uh, on this. What I saw from Garoppolo last week 
was inexcusable. I thought it was just horrendous. He I leads the league in interceptions. I don't know what he was thinking games. back there. And even when he did have some time, he missed some pretty wide open receivers. I'm not sure what happened on those passes to um, uh, Adams. Adams. Yeah, yep. he was. Everybody was twisted around. It was awkward. It was like, you know, he was running this route. He throws it, un- overthrows it, throws it to the other. Ways cutting. I, I, it was just a complete mess. I'm not sure what it what it was, but uh, um, to me, it feels like Garoppolo just doesn't want to get hit right now. He just he's going to do anything that he can just get rid of it so he doesn't take that hit. Maybe I'm wrong, but Aiden looks like the best in my opinion right now. Now I might have a different opinion Sunday night, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but right now I don't blame him for giving him a shot. Because they're absolutely not going anywhere. They're only three. And, it's funny because they're three and five. Denver's three and five, and everybody's like, "Oh, Denver could go back." And then the Raiders are three and five, and they're like, "Throw away the key. They're done." Yeah. Um, and all these changes. I I think Pierce is a very well-spoken, you know, guy. I I think he he might be able to take this team at least emotionally. Right. Get them vested into this. For the rest of the season, just the way the type of guy he is, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders come out and play a really good game. You know, I, I think they could play a real good game despite all the turbulence that they've gone through this week. The way Pierce has spoken about this team, the way I think he could relate to the team, which hasn't been done for the last year and a half or so, that he can really talk to these guys and raise them to a, a, another level. I'm not saying a contender level. I'm saying respectful uh, level that can compete and win a couple of ball games. Question for you from the book side. How, with all of this happening and as fast as it happened, with no warning late Tuesday night, I mean, it came pretty late. What was the mindset of what you did with the line and how you had to you know, adjust this and where was the first money to come in after the news broke? Well, our first reaction was, holy. <laughs> <laughs> Caught me a little off guard, to be honest with you. It was uh, oh, it was Halloween night, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, you were out trick-or-treating. You had your costume on and everything? Yeah, I had it on, and I was full of taffy. You, you were two sheets to the yeah. wind? Uh, yeah. <laughs> with, with taffy? <laughs> uh, Air buzz. Uh, <laughs> And what are those called? Uh, whatever. But anyway, yes, I uh, it did surprise me off, and I don't think um, I honestly don't know the answer to that if the, where the money came in right out, out of the gate. Um, I think that uh, I I know talking to everybody the next day, there's some views of it's just going to spin out of control, and there's other views of just what I just said that the guy could actually rally this team kind of like what uh, Rich uh, Versace, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I, yeah. I think you might see something like that with Pierce yeah you, you probably will and here, here is right now just around the facility it, it's a breath of fresh air around the facility right now Bre- they're, they're doing things the last couple days that they hadn't done before because McDaniels was just so you know clock in clock out it was like the Belichick way I mean now they're they got pickup basketball games that they're doing right now. They're doing all this, you know, having fun. Guys are, you know, back playing dominoes. You know, so that's all great and everything. So it's going to be kind of a renewed, you know, okay, let's have some fun. Let's do this. Yeah. There is still enough talent, you know, on that team. So, yeah, they could put together a run. 
But I got to look at it from the the standpoint is yeah he's going to motivate him and that's going to be great when you come out of the tunnel. But how long is that going to last until you get punched in the mouth? And then you have an offensive coordinator who's never been an offensive coordinator before, never called plays before. He's your quarterback coach. You got the rookie quarterback on top of that. So for me, you've got to look at those elements. They're going to be sky high. I get that. They want to play for this guy. They'll, they'll, they'll play hard. I get that. But you play hard until what? Until thing, until the penalties start arising again and, and things of that nature. So that's why it's a difficult game to handicap. And the Giants are terrible, but they're going to have the better quarterback. Daniel Jones is back. They have more continuity from a coaching perspective, even though the Giants coach isn't very good. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it's a weird game, yeah. and the schedule is going to get tougher for the Raiders. Okay, you got the Jets, then you got Miami, and you got Kansas City, and you got Minnesota, and you got the Chargers. I mean, the, the softest part of the schedule is now gone. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's kind of strange. But I, I think we all agree they'll play hard, but will it translate into wins? The one thing I'm going to say is everybody. The sharps that I've talked to all point out what you said. There's no experience on the coaching end. They they had to throw this together in a few days, and that's going to be the problem. Didn't we have this same conversation last year when the Indianapolis Colts hired Jeff Saturday out of nowhere to do, and they played their guts out? Absolutely, yeah. For him in that first game. For a few weeks, actually, yeah. or at least a yeah. couple weeks, yeah. and then it kind of fell apart. And that's the usually the trend. If you go back in history, that's what you get. They play hard, they rally, and, and not just in in football, but in other sports as well, too. Eh, okay. Well, we are who we are. You well, know? I think this is, like, a good spot for him, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think because of what you just pointed out with the, the schedule, I mean, the Giants are very, as we all know, very, very beatable. And they're going through all this stuff that they have to do, but they get to do it at home. They don't have to travel, right? Right. All right. Everybody is, you know, here. They'll have more time to do that rather than traveling and getting all, you know, um, pre- preparing while in New York or on the plane, wherever they might be. It's, it's uh, something that I believe is for me I look at it and if I was to play it I would probably play the Raiders because of that I the inexperience does come into play but brought up a good point Jeff Saturday you know never been to, right never never been in that position before and but they were able to motivate them and I think that's I think that's a big part of it it's just the lack of motivation the lack of drive because they just didn't react to McDaniels. They didn't, and you know, I hate to say this, almost felt like they didn't want to play for No, the he guy. lost the locker room. You're right. right. There's no so question. Now yeah. you got that emotional factor. Yeah. Just keep doing what you've been doing. Yeah. You know, here, do this. Here's a couple of tweaks. And, but, you know, you get that emotional factor on a, on a positive side rather than a negative side. It make a world of difference. I just want to see what's going to happen when you have third and seven, big play, or you've got a fourth and one or fourth and two, fourth and three call, okay? Who's going to make that decision? How are you going to make that decision? And again, are you going to be able to get plays in and out of the, of the huddle? How is all that schematically going to work? If they, if they can conquer that, then they're going to be fine. Because like you said, Jay, I mean, they, they've still got some talent. they got everybody you know, pretty much together. They're relatively healthy, but you know, different voices and people have never done it before. Uh, and that Giants defense is pretty good. So for me, that those are the question marks why I want nothing to do with this game. 
Oh, yeah. I said maybe a teaser on the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> teaser on the Giants. Get me over that seven. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly, right? <laughs> you know darn well you're thinking about the same thing, Marco. Yeah, I think it's going to – I'm playing the Raiders where I'm not playing the game. Yeah. I, I, I say this. It's going to be an interesting watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, it might not create headlines around the, the league or yeah. around other fan bases, but for us as Raider fans and the home team, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out. You know, I, I want to, I'm trying to judge the effort. I want to see what that effort is going to do with, you know, with this new coaching staff. So you're going to see Max Crosby play his best game, and you're going to see Devontae Adams play their best game. Yeah. Those were the two most vocal players this whole period. I agree, but remember, Devontae Adams, if he's going to play his best game, is dependent on the rookie quarterback. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He can't go get the ball. He, he's yeah. got he's to get the ball. Will Hunter Renfro be, I'm sure he'll be in the package, in the game plan. It, it, it really is going to rely on the, the arm of O'Connell and what he does. O'Connell, now didn't he? Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's already had some playing time, right? Played against the Chargers. Remember, that, and it was Garoppolo just a, it was his half, or how? No, how he much started of, the game. He started because, that game because remember Garoppolo had the concussion. Okay, so he he got he got a chance to start. They ended up losing, but uh, you know, how did he look? I don't remember. Okay, didn't throw a touchdown pass, but did get through an interception at the end of the game. Okay, but you know the Chargers defense isn't anything special, so right. you know. All right, real quick before we let you go, uh, any other big line moves, either side, college, NFL, anything? No, I know that the Sharps were on USC again. Yeah. A lot of play there. Uh, I know that uh, they were pounding on the, on the pro side. They were pounding the Patriots and uh, Packers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is still betting the Patriots? <laughs> I, it, I not every, it's every yeah. week. Yeah, it's – man, I know. They, they – they, we put that on the super contest as three and a half because of the people that were playing the Patriots once again. There you go. The Patriot way, guys. There you go. <laughs> Jay Cornegay, we appreciate you, my man. Have yourself a great yeah. weekend. Enjoy. I'm just proud of myself. I made it. You made it. You were, you, you were tardy. You were late again. Fashionably late. Yeah. Yeah. Not tardy. Yeah. Fashionably late. Fashionably late. That's all good. Okay. I don't feel tardy. That's okay. Man. <laughs> and you can hang in with us more if you want. If you, if, if you, want, if you want to dodge all those uh, Breeders' Cup guys, uh, yeah, yeah, you can they're... hang with us. All right. We come back. Uh, we'll break down the NFL, college football, break down all the big games, and also best bets coming your way at the bottom of the hour. Don't you dare go anywhere. We're live from the world-famous Superbook, the Westgate Las Vegas. Capital of the world. Well, you better hope you can play as long as me. Hey, I don't even know your name, but you know mine. It's the TC Martin Show. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40 yard line. Diagnosis. They suck, so I don't need to be out game plan. Prognosis. I'll knock you out. Osmosis. All I know is. You mess with me, you got problems. That's all I know. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. When you get on your knees and say your prayers tonight, pray. The doctor is now in. Oh, yeah. All that screaming. Back here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, Jay Cornegay in the house here. 
No better place to be than the Westgate Las Vegas non-smoking sportsbook. The 4K video wall, nothing like it at all. Get on down here uh, tomorrow for college football, Sunday for the NFL. We were here last Sunday, had a fantastic time. And, Marco, we could talk all about the big screens, the sound. I mean, it's like, and I was making this comment to people over the weekend, and even when I came back on Monday night, is that you got, like, concert sound and everything within here. But let's talk about the food here. The food, fantastic, here at the Westgate. I had the cheesesteak uh, Sunday when I got there, and the french fries. You know, I know you're a little bit of a snob on fries like I am. I'll admit that. The crinkle cut fries were, they were spot on. Yes, the crinkle cut fries here at uh, at the Westgate in the Sportsbook in the food court, outstanding. I actually thought you were going to have a plate waiting for me when I got here today. You know what? Uh, it's funny you say that because <laughs> I may be a little crabby because I didn't eat before, which I, I always got I got to eat before the show. And I didn't have time today. And, I've seen and, you eat. And I show. was going to go get a plate of fries or try to do a Philly. But then I'm in that no man's land. You know, it's like, okay, then that's going to run a dinner. Now what am I going to do? Now I've got to have a later dinner. And, you know, so it's like, I don't know. Where's the fries? Bring us a fries. Somebody get us some fries. Let's go. Those fries are delicious. Unbelievable. Ah. All I right. wish people had video to see when when you actually talk about things like that. You're you're like up and bouncing. And it's kind of like the coach when you're diagramming the play, like John Madden used to do with all that kind of. That's what I'm doing with food. I start got the hand actions going and everything. Yeah, beautiful stuff. <laughs> Where are we going now? I, what hey, happened? You're the quarterback. Call a play. <laughs> Blue forty two. <laughs> all right. I was talking about the Westgate. What a great place this is to come watch the games. To come watch the games over the weekend. College tomorrow, NFL on Sunday. All right, this hour, Trevor Match will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. It will be our best bet segment. Three best college plays, three best NFL plays. Hang tight for that. Marco, let's talk about the college board. A lot of interesting games. And a couple of games that uh, I was going to incorporate in my best bets I still may change my mind, though, because we haven't released the best bets yet. I know you're going to say you're going to. We're supposed to have them in the night before. Uh, that's the rules. Webmaster's got to get the plays up on the site. Webmaster's up. All right. Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Nine o'clock in the morning game. Ole Miss favored by three. And not a big A&M fan, especially with the quarterback situation there. Jackson Dart, good quarterback for, for Ole Miss. Ole Miss playing some pretty good football. Football, I like Ole Miss minus three. I'm not currently involved in that game, but my lean in that game was the other way was the, with Texas A&M. I'm just not sold on I know it's only three. Laying points with Ole Miss, um, not, a, not a fan. I'd have to go Texas A&M in that one. You, you talk about where a team's head is at right now. We talk about that with the Raiders and some of these other teams that are struggling. Texas A&M has been a mess. I mean, with Jimbo Fisher and all the talk that's going on around that. So Texas A&M still has a solid defense. But offensively, they can be a challenge. And uh, I I like what Lane Kiffin is doing. Have you seen the old Miss defense, though? 
it, it's it's not horrendous, but it's not that old Miss defense that we've seen in, in years past. You didn't watch the LSU game. Well, yeah, two. Well, yes, fifty six to forty nine or fifty five to forty nine, whatever it was. I mean, I, I get that. Yeah, you you still have that, but um, again, that's why I probably left it off of my best bets, but just a, a slight lean to that. I look for Utah to have a nice bounce back game against Arizona State, but what got me off of this was again, I just can't shake of what. Um, Burns did their quarterback last week. The third-string quarterback was just so downright awful. Now Arizona State is, is is nowhere near you know the opponent that they faced you know last week in Oregon, but uh, I think Utah will bounce back. They're back at home. You got Arizona State coming and playing in that cold weather, possibly snow, um, but the number is 11 here. I know ASU has played some better football the last couple weeks, but I still like Utah in this game. Here's what I'm going to tell you on this, and we actually broke this game down in one of the shows I did this week, is the Arizona State team going there. I think they're live plus the 11, and the reason I say that is this is a play for me against Utah. Last week was a big game against Oregon. That loss gave them their second loss of of the season. And now they no longer control their own destiny to get back to the Pac-12 championship. They've been the Pac-12 champion the last two years. Game day was there last week for that game. And I'm going to bring up three games to you from this season. Oklahoma, Texas, Oregon, Washington, Penn State, Ohio State. You want to know what all those games have in common? If you bet against both teams, the winner and loser of those big games, the next week, you're a perfect 6-0 and against the spread. They've all had flat spots the next game. And that's my concern for Utah. I get that, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, they're going to be angry. They're going to come, you know, come out with fire. This offense is not an offense that can come out with fire. Their defense can shut anybody down. I'm concerned with this offense. And if they are flat at all, laying 11 points is going to be tough. This is more of of a play against Arizona State, you know, for me. Again, again, you know, when you're talking about a warm weather team, uh, you know, going to play in the cold, you factor that in a team that has been struggling. And again, what happens when Arizona State usually, you know, they did play Washington tough. I will say that. But again, Washington, they overlook them. That was the game after the the Oregon game. Yeah, yeah. And people were scratching their head. But I think we're starting to see. Um, some signs of Washington not being that same team that we saw the first five or six weeks of the season. So, again, I'm not sold with Arizona State's uh, quarterback play uh, and their offense at all. I just don't know how they're going to be able to to score. Now, Utah's probably not going to score many points, but they should be able to score enough to win this game and to probably cover this game. If this game was under 10, I'd probably be all over it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just you're no. taking the play more going against Arizona yes. State. I'm taking the game more going against Utah because of the spot. Now you mentioned uh, Washington; they've got a big game with USC. That is the one game that I I want to be involved in it because I know I'm going to watch it. Right. I, I every time I keep going back and forth. I love Michael Penix Jr. I, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks. Obviously, in the country, I like the way that offense clicks. But the last few weeks, they've been giving up points defensively ever since, you know, that Oregon game where both teams went up and down the field. You know USC is going to score points. (laughs) 
but that defense is not stopping anybody. This could be a game, TC, that gets into the 80s. You know, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, you talk. Uh, both teams are capable of putting 40 on the board in that game. It's going to be a fun one. I know a lot of sharps that I've talked to are taking USC as the home dog because if they're going to show up for one game the rest of the season, this is the game they're, sh- they're showing up for until they you know, they play the battle with UCLA at the end. But everybody's got to get their parting shots on USC and UCLA leaving uh, for Big Ten country. No one's getting any shots because everyone's leaving. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that that only well, applies to one but team. They, yeah. But they caused Every, it. They caused, they caused the dominant yeah, no, effect. Nobody, no, no, no player or coach or, well, players, they could care less about, you know, who's leaving a conference because, again, that conference is all, it, it's blowing itself up with. I know it's one of your, two, I know two. there's, it's one of your best bets, so we won't talk about it. But I think there's a little bit that somebody is concerned about a, a team leaving a conference because it's a rivalry game and uh, they won't be playing that rivalry anymore. And that involves the yeah. the sweatshirt that you have on right, today. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, uh, that, 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 could be, that could be factored in. There's, yeah. there's no question. Yeah, Washington is, is concerning. After beating Oregon, they beat Arizona State 15-7 to at home. I mean, again, when you're talking about a, a top five team, you're not supposed to have that type of letdown. Okay, and like you said, oh, it ha- but it's not supposed to happen. But this happens because you have a young coach. You have a young, inexperienced coach in his second season here, and then your life and death to beat Stanford 42-33 to last week. USC's the better football team. I still believe that they are the better football team, they're the better offensive team. Washington can be a little bit scary, but I just don't think Washington is that same team that uh, that we saw earlier on the season. So if I had to to play this game, it's probably going to be a shootout, like you said. Take a shot with the Trojans because basically this is their season right now. Yeah. This is please, please don't tease this game, okay? Because there's going to be a ton of points scored. No, I would tease USC in a heartbeat. I would tease USC to, to, to plus 10 or the 10-point teaser plus 13. Why wouldn't you? Manipulate that line with that offense with, in my opinion, the better quarterback. Because Michael Penix Jr., he's he's good, he's fine. Okay, but remember, Michael Penix Jr. was not great at Indiana. He wasn't, but he's been more. Caleb, everybody gave him the Heisman before the year started. He is not a Heisman uh, quarterback this year. Not at all. It's tough to run it back like that. There's, There's no question. But that defense. You know, if we see the Michael Penix that we saw in the first five games, mm-hmm. I don't know how USC stops them. That's the concern. Just that's remember why what Bo Nix did to Washington, okay? Bo Nix, all right? He threw for 327 yards. He was 33 for 44. Had a great quarterback rating. Penix was, was very good in that game as well, too, even though he's he threw one pick in that game. But I, I don't know. Again, in, in you look at uh, they barely beat Arizona. You talk about teams when things go bad. What happens if USC falls down, falls behind fourteen nothing by two scores in this game because of the way their season is unraveled? But they have the firepower to come back, and you got the Heisman Trophy winner, and you've got great receivers, you got great offense. USC is going to score. Now their defense—I mean, they gave up forty-nine to Cal last week. So yeah, you're right. This game could oh, set the over/under at hundred. <laughs> I'm serious. I will bet there you that there's 99 some... against Cal, who is a run-first yeah. football team. No, the game is scary. 
I mean, didn't make my best bets, and I, it's, I'm like you. I'd, I'd like to, have, you know, play the game, have some action mm-hmm. on it. So I think that It'll would be, be the way to play it. You like offense? It's going to be a fun game to watch. That's way th- that for me. That would be the way to play it. USC on a teaser plus ten. When can you ever get USC on a teaser plus ten or thirteen? Are you kidding me? I'm going to be sending you texts if they get blown out tomorrow. I, I, right. they either win this game or they lose by double digits. Let me give you another game here. Um, leaning towards being involved in this game, Rutgers and Ohio State. The line is eighteen and a half. You're going to lay the wood. No, I'll take Rutgers. Ohio State had their their down game yep. last week after Penn State. Mm-hmm. I I look for them to bounce bounce back this week. So here's the deal. Uh, Rutgers has a very good defense. They're 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 in the top the top half of the country in defense. Uh, I believe they're third or fourth in the Big Ten in defense. Greg Schiano has now got his players. He's got his scheme going there in his second stint at Rutgers. Would not surprise me, my friend, if you know this is a 9 o'clock in the morning game. There's going to be a lot of people turning their heads saying, oh, Rutgers is ahead in this game. Rutgers is hanging. This is going to be one of those games where it's going to be close. Rutgers could even pull off the upset. But this is one of those games where maybe Ohio State pulls away late. The number is 8.5. And, a half, and uh Rutgers is capable. They got a very good running game, good running back. Quarterback is a little shaky for me. That's again, I don't like backing those type of shaky quarterbacks. But for me, this is a team that's at home, circled on the calendar. They're going to be revved up, fired up. Ohio State could have a uh, have a flat spot. And let's let's remember, we have seen Ohio State struggle at the offensive end and even defensive end. You know, but mostly offensively, we have seen them struggle. With the quarterback situation there, this game's going to be close for a while. It's going to be. It can be close for a while, but remember the the Rutgers schedule, and that's what I'm looking at. It. You go down the list. They played Michigan and Wisconsin. Okay, that's the that's the two games on their schedule. Look Wisconsin, what they've done at home. They again, yeah. They beat Northwestern. They beat Temple. Yeah. They beat Virginia Tech. They, w- they, win they at beat home. Wagner. They beat Michigan State. Oh my God! What a powerhouse lineup they beat. You're right, you could, you could, Marco. You could only beat uh, whoever's on the schedule. Okay. Well, okay. They played two step up games. Uh, Michigan beat them by 24, 31 to seven. Okay, but if you go to that game, okay, they were in that game until. They had a turnover. I believe you, you had a you had a ninety yard uh, interception return for a touchdown. Something crazy in that game happened, and uh, they were in all of those games until they had the turnover bug. The Wisconsin game was an eleven point game. Mm-hmm. They covered the spread there, uh, twenty four to thirteen. I just I just think you're going to see a full game performance, four quarter performance from Ohio State. Where last night, they last week I should say, they were sluggish. I think it was the hangover from the Penn State game. Okay. All right. Uh, LSU and Alabama. Obviously, marquee game in Tuscaloosa. Bama only lane three. I like the way you say it because that's what I'm going to say to you. This is one of those games that I don't have a strong opinion on, but because it's such a marquee game, I've had to talk about this game sure. on several shows. And that's my whole thing. How many people are going to look and say, I can get Alabama at a field goal at home? And just going to 
That's it. That's blan- the end. Of, in, in blanket it. Yeah. yeah that's the yeah. the end of the handicap. They're going to the window and betting it. Yeah. If this line was was higher, you know, now obviously it couldn't be seven, but if it's like four and a half, five, five and a half, I would think, oh, you know, maybe you know, they're it's not begging you to take Alabama at three. They're begging you to take Alabama, and I go back to the the Tennessee game where I was on Alabama. I wrote that bet off at halftime. <laughs> Tennessee dominated them the first half. They went up and down, and I think LSU's offense is much better than Tennessee's offense. But defensively, LSU's a liability. They're a liability big time. And one of the reasons why I like Alabama in this game, too, is they are coming off the bye week. And Saban said, hey, we needed this bye week not only from an injury perspective, but as you know, we've always talked about this with Alabama. You got to shore up those penalties. And that is what he really harped on in these last nine, ten days of practice. It's like, okay, let's shore this up. We got LSU coming back. And you and I both play into this huge revenge game. If we remember that game, and I remember it very well, when LSU won 32-31, that crazy ending. They went, to the two, they went for two at the, the end. Two, yeah, exactly. And, again, they had the miraculous catch to even get down. Alabama should have won this game. So that's on the bulletin board as well, too. It, so, and again, and I'm not a big LSU fan. And I'll, <laughs> Brian Kelly, Nick Saban, say, no, Nick, say no more. And Nick Saban with the extra time to repair. We yes. know we know yeah. how good he's been with that. Yeah. So some, some interesting stuff there. All right, we come back. It is best bets time. Trevor Maddich will join us from the ESPN studios. The college football guru and, uh, of course, our great friend who joins us here each and every week as well, too. We'll dive into that and hit some more NFL for you on this Football Friday. No better place to be than here at the Westgate of Las Vegas. Remember, come out here, watch the games, whether it's tonight, tomorrow, or Sunday. Uh, do the VIP pods. Make a reservation in advance for that. you got the great food and everything else that happens here at the Westgate. No better place to be than the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. T.C. Martin. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in, in, in. An exciting Las Vegas weekend here inside the Superbook in the Westgate Las Vegas. Sunday, the Raiders are back at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, make sure that you go get involved in the indoor tailgate party at Slice of Vegas, located inside the Mandalay Bay shops between the Luxor and the Mandalay Bay. Our good friends of Slice of Vegas, $35. All you can eat with the pizza, the wings, uh, courtesy of Slice and Hoosongs, all of that. $35. It's $35? $35. They sliced it down. Oh, I'm sitting here looking at you, Joe. <laughs> no, drawing seventy-five. They sliced it down to thirty-five dollars. Ah, yeah. So again, uh, game is at one twenty-five on Sunday. So you can go there, park at Mandalay Bay, make the walk if you're going to the game across the uh, Hacienda Bridge, Marco's favorite walk. Now, when Scott Frost was on with us yesterday, Marco, he said twelve minutes, twelve-minute walk. Can can you concur? Is it twelve minutes? <sighs> Because you made the walk. Yeah, I think it's more than 12 minutes. It is. Yeah. Okay, I'm on that dilemma again. Hold on. I think it's in traffic. It's a lot more. I think when it's just like a normal day, it's 12 minutes. You think so? Yeah. All right. So you, you, so here we go. Here's another invitation for it. I invited you last uh, Sunday here. Morning <laughs> games at Slice. 
You want to go? All you can eat, Marco. All you can eat. I'll, I will have to get back to you on that. I got to see what the gang's doing. I told you one of the gang's sleeping well, let this me, week. If, I, if, I the know gang, he's if the gang wants to go, because we gave away a bunch of, uh, okay. of, of comps, so to speak, yesterday. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Coming up uh, Sunday, our good friend Slice of Vegas. 13,000 free slices of pizza during the course of the WNBA Absolutely season. Phenomenal promotion. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd loves it. Oh. If, you, if you haven't been to an Aces game, that if somebody misses the first foul shot on the visiting team, that place just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Anticipation. <laughs> Love it. Great stuff. All right. Um, we're going to get into our best bets here uh, momentarily coming up here. I rattle off some college games. Uh, you want to you, you hit one or two that uh, that is piquing your interest as well? Well, I've got, you know, obviously we're going to get to the best bets in a second, so I'll stay away from, you know, those particular games. The game that I thought was interesting that I've, I gave out on several shows this week, Arkansas is playing Florida. And that's a game that we've seen the line been dropping all week. A lot of sharps uh, agree uh, with my thinking on this one. Florida coming off the world's largest cocktail party with another loss. They have Alabama on deck. You know how I like talking about sandwich spots. That's a pretty pretty big sandwich, don't you think? Usually I like talking about sandwich spots as in sandwich restaurants. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, but yeah. You That's know. you. That's you. Arkansas is 2-6. and six. And they, I'm going to tell you this, they may be the best two and six college football team in the country. Mm-hmm. Five of their six losses have been by seven points or less. I've noticed. Suey. We're, we're used to we need a, we need a Suey over A Suey pick, man. You know, I've been on Arkansas early on the season. I was on them. I liked them a lot last year. But, man, Sam Pittman's having some problems over there. And uh, speaking of which, let's let's – Let's let's get our college uh, football guru in here right now. He's going to join us for best bets uh, before we dive into it. And that is the one and only Trevor Maddich. Trev, what's going on, brother? Hello, TC. Hey, hey, Hello, Marco. Hey, hey. Maddich, Maddich. All right, give us. Uh, so, what do you got your eyes on outside of the best bets? We're going to get into that, but. Obviously, you're going to be, you know, got the TV screens, the ESPN uh, studios and everything. You're going to be on the radio side. Uh, what has piqued your interest about this Saturday's college football, my friend? Well, uh, Alabama, are they really back or are they not? You know, they've got LSU. This is going to be a massive game. The best unit on the field is clearly LSU's offense. Uh, their defense has the ability to do some stuff. But I think that Alabama, especially with injuries in the secondary of LSU, Alabama is going to grind it out. And so I see the game being won and lost in the battle between Alabama's pass rush and LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. If if they can't get after him with four guys, then it's going to be a track meet that I don't think Alabama can keep up with. The thing is, though, Alabama has two pass rushers in the top five of the SEC sack stats. One of them is Dallas Turner at number one, and then number five, Chris Braswell. So you can have guys coming off of both edges. You can't really double-team both of them. And to me, that's where the fight's going to be. All right. Uh, we will talk more about that in the Best Bet segment as we get rolling for you here on a Football Friday. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the Best Bets. 
Time to give you our three best college plays, our three best NFL plays. Marco D'Angelo, wagertalk.com, the professional, and him and Scott Spreitzer, Doc Sports, uh, former tag team partners, not adversaries at all, all part of the family here. You guys went nuts last week. Scott went 6-0. and Marco went 5-1. and Congratulations to you guys, our professionals, our resident handicappers, our handicapper extraordinaires. Hey, we're plural. We are professionals. Don't try to do this at home on your own. <laughs> Can you believe you're saying that to us, Trevor? Can you believe you're saying that to us? I, 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 listen, those guys are professionals, and good thing I'm not home very much. I'm not trying at home, but I don't even have the opportunity to try it at home. All right. I, Marco, you got the stains in front of you, though? Is, how are we doing out there? Uh, is the non-professional still at, at the top? Uh, we're tied. Yeah, we're tied. You and I are tied. We're tied. Okay, good. Okay. I, I, I saw the standings. How's, how's your neck doing? Huh? How's your neck? My neck? Yeah, you've been looking up at me all season. Oh. <laughs> is that no what I... Chuck, where you at? <laughs> oh, okay. You, you know... You know, like, we're watching horse racing right now. Yeah. There's the finish line. They don't pay at yeah. the half mile point. Marco, I'm going to the whip, baby. I'm going to the whip. Uh, Trevor Maddich, give us your three best college plays. Okay, three best college. Let's start out with, well, Marco, you were talking about Arkansas and Florida. And you were saying that Arkansas is the best 2-6 and team in the country. And you can make a case for that. And because you're a professional, I'm not going to try this at home. Luckily, I am in a hotel. Because (laughs) Florida's laying three and a half at home in the swamp in Gainesville, Florida. And I like Florida to cover that. The reason is twofold. One is this is a sandwich spot for Florida. I mean, they got LSU next week. They, they had Georgia last week, for goodness sake. But Florida needs to get to a bowl game. They're, they've got five wins right now. Their upcoming schedule is pretty tough. In order for the trajectory of Coach Billy Napier to continue on the rise, they've got to get to a bowl game this year, which they failed to do last year. And so I think they're going to be in a bounce-back position here. I don't think they're going to be overlooking Arkansas to the point that Arkansas can beat it. Because here's the problem with Arkansas. They fired their offensive coordinator this last week. They're going to have a, a, an offense that's probably a little bit better suited to the running of quarterback K.J. Jefferson. But they still got a block. And the offensive line for Arkansas has been absolutely flat-out abysmal. Florida can be very aggressive up front. And I think the big matchup in this game is that one, the front seven of Florida against the offensive line of Arkansas. And I think Florida has a huge advantage on a neutral field, much less at home where the Arkansas line isn't going to be able to hear the snap count. So I like Florida to cover against Arkansas. And if this doesn't work, Marco, uh, and if Arkansas covers this, then I can't try it at home or on the road. And I'm in all kinds of trouble. The next one is Nebraska is laying three at Michigan State. Let me say that again. Nebraska is on the road laying points. Whoa. And I'm going with Nebraska. And this this is a motivation play. Because the last several weeks, Nebraska, although they haven't played, uh, you know, the greatest offenses in the world, 
They've only given up, I think, 30 points in the last three weeks. Their defense has been playing lights out. They've got a quarterback now since they made a switch earlier in the season. Heinrich Harburg, who is a uh, dual-threat quarterback. They get a lot out of his legs in the running game, and he doesn't make all the big mistakes that they made with their previous quarterback who started the season, and that's one of the reasons they started out so poorly. So Nebraska's on the rise. Nebraska also needs one win to go to a bowl game. This could be the one that puts them over. Nebraska has a lot. Nebraska also is in the race for the Big Ten West Championship. Think about that. (laughs) So Nebraska's got everything to play for. They're on the rise. Michigan State has got nothing to play for. Their head coach was fired because of off-field issues. The whole thing is a disaster. And I kind of get the feeling that if Nebraska jumps on these guys and gets physical with them, that that Michigan State isn't going to have the heart to keep up. So I I like Nebraska to cover the three. And then Arizona uh, is at home against UCLA. I like the total on this one because I can go back and forth with the number. The number is uh, is Arizona plus three, but I, I like I like the under of fifty point five. The reason is that both defenses are playing well. I mean, UCLA is, is well known; they're the top defense statistically in the Pac-12. Arizona's played against some of the best teams in the country, best offenses in the country, including Washington and USC, and they've done a really, really good job. This offense for UCLA really struggles. I mean, their running game gets yards, but not big chunks of yards. UCLA's offensive line has taken a big step back this year, and Arizona's very aggressive in their front seven. Uh, Arizona, with Noah Fafita at quarterback, has done a great job. Uh, they, they're scoring points in bunches. He's doing great. But he's facing the best defense he will have faced this year. So I think this is going to end up being a, a lower-scoring game. I like the under 50.5. All right. There is Trevor Manich from his uh... – Hotel outside the ESPN studios in Bristol, Connecticut. Marco D'Angelo, give us your three best college plays. All right, I'm going to go to a conference most people aren't going to look at. I'm taking Texas State, and I am laying, or excuse me, getting two and a half in this game. This is a spot where I'm going against the team they're playing, Georgia Southern. You're going with the Bobcats. Georgia Southern is in an absolutely horrible scheduling spot. Why? Last week they got their sixth win of the season. That means they're going bowling. They don't get to do that very often. So that was a big win for them. Not only did that win let them go bowling, do you know who they beat in that game? Their in-state rival, Georgia State. Double whammy. You coming off your bowl win, you know, bowl clinching win against your arch rival. Now you're going on the road. Nothing to play for. And you're playing a Texas State team that needs one more win. And you've they're a 200-club team. I talk about that all the time, run and pass for 200 yards. I am taking Texas State. They are going to roll on Saturday. That's play number one. Play number two, Washington State at Stanford. Now, Stanford's had a couple you know games where they showed up, had some close scores, but I just think people were looking past them. They give up a ton of points. This Washington State offense can score points. I like Washington State in this game at home. I think they take out their frustrations. They got off the snide in their last game. Look for Washington State to roll. I look for them to put up 40-plus in this game on Saturday against Stanford. And for the last one, I'm going to kind of agree with you, Trevor, uh, about the under in the UCLA game because it's going to be an under because that UCLA defense is going to shut down 
Arizona. I'm going with the uh, Bruins. Uh, going to lay the points here. This is a team, you said it, they play great defense. The only team that scored points on them this year was uh, Oregon State scored 36, and I still can't figure that one out. But you look at all of their other games, they've held every opponent to 17 points or less. I look for them to get the job done, frustrate Arizona, who's had a bunch of big games, uh, high-scoring games. They played the two best teams, as we talked about in the pack. Uh, they were two of the best teams. UCLA's removed himself from that uh, battle of things, but they went back-to-back. -back. Washington, USC, then they had Washington State, which they steamrolled, and then last week was a barn burner against Oregon State. I like UCLA. Lay the points. All righty. That is Marco D'Angelo. All right. I'm going to go with the Louisville Cardinals taking on Virginia Tech, the Hokies, and Louisville is laying nine at home. Louisville's playing some great football right now. Hey, the Louisville Cardinals quietly are seven and one, and their lone hiccup was at uh, that game at Pittsburgh. But this game is in Louisville, and Louisville is rock solid at home. They have not lost a home game since September of last year. They have blown away their opponents, including Notre Dame, where they blasted Notre Dame there a few weeks back. You remember that. And if you look at what Louisville has done on the defensive side of the ball, they have held their last four opponents to under 300 yards. Last week they played Duke, and they shut Duke out uh, 23 to nothing and uh, held Duke to under 200 yards. Uh, Virginia Tech has played better as of late, but let's don't get fooled with wins over Syracuse and Wake Forest the last couple of weeks. Remember, they got blasted by Florida State. They also lost to Rutgers, where they got humiliated by them. Also, Marshall and Purdue. So, yeah, I think Louisville can write their own score in this game. I know on the surface it looks like it's a lot of points to be given up here, but uh, I will take Louisville and lay the nine against Vatek. And again, Louisville right there at the top of the ACC. And then we're going to go to Bedlam, baby. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oh, yes. Brett Venables against Mike Gundy. Well, the OU offense is number seven in the country. They're averaging 490 yards per game. And they're coming off a road loss at Kansas in a game where, frankly, they should have won. But they spit the bit there at the end. Horse racing term like that, Breeders' yeah. Cup, right? <laughs> Oklahoma State is not going to be able to stop the Sooners. Not at all. Their defense is as shaky as they come. Oklahoma won seven of the last eight minis between these two teams. 28-13 last year. Sooners going to keep it rolling. I want to hear you all say, Go Boomer Sooner! Boomer Sooner! Boomer Sooner! Boomer Sooner! That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's right. I got the OU sweatshirt on today. I got the crimson on. Five, five and a half. That's all we got to lay against Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State. No problem. I will take Boomer sooner. And, guys, I'm going to fall into it. All right? A lot of games I could have went with, but I am going to be involved with Alabama and LSU. Alabama has won six in a row, and they're starting to look like that tied team that we know. Here is why my play, I'm so strong on this play, is LSU is banged up on defense. They have got injuries galore. They are missing their top three defensive backs. They are all out. And guess who is in for, for LSU? Three freshmen against that Alabama offense, which is starting to pick up the pace a little bit. I think Alabama should be able to exploit LSU. No problem there. 
and Alabama's coming off that bye week to get things back together. Nick Saban versus Brian Kelly. Do I need to say anything more, Squire? Yes. No contest. It's Nick Saban over Brian Kelly all day, every day, and two times on Saturday. How's that? Revenge. We remember that game last year. LSU beat Alabama 32-31 in a heartbreaking fashion at the end of the game. They went for two. They got it. They completed uh, this miraculous pass to lead them uh, down there as well, too. Uh, yeah, Alabama has this game circled. I will lay three with the tie. To the NFL we go. Trevor Maddich, what do you got? Well, T.C., first I'll say this. that uh, your, your pick on Alabama, that's a, that's a strong pick. Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback, is leading the SEC in yards per pass attempt, right? Yep. Yep. Guess who's number two in the SEC in yards per pass attempt? Uh, I guess Jalen Milrow. Right. Now they don't throw nearly. That's Alabama's quarterback. They don't nearly, They don't throw nearly as much as LSU does. So LSU is getting a lot more yards out of it. But with those injuries in the secondary, that's a that's a uh, that's an interesting thing right there. And Milrow is getting better and better every week. Uh, okay. So to the NFL we go. The Bengals uh, are playing the Bills, and they're laying two. I like the Bengals. Joe Burrow is finally starting to get completely healthy. T. Higgins, receiver, is coming back. The defense is coming together. I get it that San Francisco last week was a bit banged up, but the Bengals went out there and, and basically dominated that game. Uh, and so I think that with the, with the injuries that the Bills have in the secondary, Joe Burrow is going to absolutely light them up. I mean, absolutely light them up. And to me, that's where the fight will be. The fight will be the receivers and quarterback for Cincinnati against that Bills secondary. Now, Josh Allen is doing a great job, but, the, you know, the Bills is on offense for Buffalo. But at the same time, you know, it's a matter of who you're facing. Bills defense getting better. Excuse me. Bengals defense getting better. Bills defense worse because of the uh, the injury situation. They actually brought in a, a trade into the secondary, but, you know, first weekend is Rasul Douglas from the Packers. He's a pretty good player, but at the same time, you know, what's he going to be able to do besides just cover somebody one-on-one because he doesn't know their schemes and everything else. So I like the Bengals lay the two. That game's in Cincinnati, by the way. Uh, I And then the Giants are getting two at the Raiders. And I like the Giants in this game. It's not so much that I like the Giants. It's that I, I really don't like the Raiders here. They just fired their coach and general manager. They they have an interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, who I like a lot, but I don't think he's going to add a whole lot to the ability of this team to win besides great motivational skills. And that's good for about the first three series. So the issue here, and I think that the big matchup that I look at in this game that tells me to, to go with New York and take the two points is that the Raiders' run defense has just been getting shredded lately. I mean, the Lions last week rushed for 222 yards against the Raiders. The week before that, the Bears rushed for 173. Well, Saquon Barkley is back and healthy. And who do you like better, Saquon Barkley or that Raiders' run defense? Well, I, I kind of like Saquon Barkley. Then from a quarterback standpoint, Aiden O'Connell, the rookie, is getting the start. And he's going up on the other side. Daniel Jones is back and healthy for the uh, for the for the Giants for the most part. And uh, you know, if you've got to talk about a quarterback battle, I'll take Daniel Jones over Aiden O'Connell in this spot any day of the week. And when you look at what the 
Giants can do from a pass rush standpoint, just with Kayvon Thibodeau, for goodness sake, former Oregon superstar, who is, is a fantastic pass rusher, to bother Aiden O'Connell. You know, I just, I think the Raiders have a, are going to have a lot of trouble. We'll probably have more than a few turnovers. And I like the Giants to cover behind Jones doing well at quarterback and Barkley doing great at running back. And then my third pick is uh, the Ravens and the Seahawks. This was tough for me going back and forth on. Um, and in the end, I, I like the over on this one. Geno Smith is playing well, quarterback for the Seahawks, and he's got his star receiver, D.K. Metcalf, back. I mean, from injury. Last week he had five catches uh, and 67 yards. Okay, good to get your feet wet. But he'll be going up against now a Baltimore defense that is banged up in the secondary. And I think that there's a, a very good chance for a breakout game from D.K. Metcalf as a receiver. Now, Lamar Jackson excels under pressure. Seattle does a great job with his pass rush at getting pressure. But I think against Lamar Jackson, it's going to be a problem. I think this, this Baltimore offense is clicking at the right time. And even though the Baltimore defense is still number one or two, I think, in uh, fewest points per game allowed, I think the injuries on the back end are going to make a difference here. And I think that the over 44-and-a-half is the play. All right. Trevor Maddich. All right, Marco D'Angelo, what do you got? Three best in the NFL. Getting up early Sunday morning. Woo, you we're, and me both. Well, we're, no, we're, I'm lying. I'm not getting up early. <laughs> I just, I'll just i check the score when I get up at 9.13 a.m. It'll be, yeah, it'll be over. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the over in the Miami-Kansas City game. This, to me, is the same as a couple weeks ago when I took the over when Kansas City played the Chargers. I know Kansas City's been a lower-scoring team this year. It's because they've played teams that weren't scoring against them that they didn't have to open up the offense. I said in the Charger game, both teams would go up and down the field. Well, they did for the first half. Remember? 41 points in the first half, and then I had to sweat to get one touchdown to get a push okay we're not gonna have to worry about it this week Miami can score on anybody and they will and the other thing of it is not that Tua runs but Tua is mobile in the pocket then can extend the plays Kansas City's played a bunch of quarterbacks that are statues this year they haven't faced anybody like Tua I like the over in this one I think there's gonna be 58 or more points scored for play number two, I got one of those sandwich games. I know you like to eat sandwiches, not mm. play them. But here's one for you. Carolina got their first win of the season last week. I was on them. They had two weeks to prepare for that game. They came out of the break, full you know, confidence, fire. They were taking chances. They got the win. Now they're a little fat and sassy. You got that zero off the scoreboard on your win column. Uh, they got a look-ahead game next week. Well, let me look. Who do they play? How are they looking ahead to Chicago? It's because it's on Thursday night football. They got the short week coming up. Give me Indianapolis, who, believe it or not, yeah. Indy's ranked 13th in the league offensively. They're in the upper half uh, with their offensive stats. Carolina's not going to be able to do it two weeks in a row. Give me Indianapolis. They win 27 to 17. I got them winning by 10. Who's calling out a score? I like Call, I'm calling too. it. Yeah, Gardner Minshew, baby. There we go. All right. And for the last one, it is the other big game on Sunday before the big game at night, and that is the middle one, Philly and Dallas. And I know there's a lot of love for the Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody wants to see them get back to the Super Bowl, and they're the favorite, one of the favorites in the NFC. But the Dallas Cowboys, everybody says they can't win the big game. They're going to win a big game. 
in the regular season. They'll choke later when they get to the playoffs. I like Dallas to rebound here. Philadelphia, yeah, they're getting the job done, but if you really watch their games, they've been life or death in too many of those games. Last week, to be honest with you, Washington should have beat them. Washington outplayed them. I'm going to go ahead, take Dallas, pray that Dak Prescott throws to the right color uniform for the whole game. They win this one outright. I like the Cowboys for play number three. All right. Well, uh, all three of my plays are going to be g- games that both of you guys talked about. All right. And we'll start right there with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. It is just too hard to ignore. I can't stand the overseas games. I don't like getting involved. I don't like watching them. Again, because I'm going to miss the game because I'm not getting up at 630 <laughs> in the morning. But it is just too hard to pass on the Kansas City Chiefs, especially when they're coming off of a loss, especially when you only got to lay a point and a half. But I'm going to do it. That's right. Kansas City off a loss with Andy Reid nearly unbeatable. Look at the number. It is ridiculous. I'm like 26-4. and four. I'm sure you have that number, Marco. All right? Miami's faced two teams with winning records and got blown out by both, Buffalo and Philadelphia. KC is arguably better than both of those. Kansas City will handle the travel to Germany much better, in my opinion, than I think Miami will because there is so much experience with this team, starting with Andy Reid to Patrick Mahomes. And then, again, I'm going with coaches' mismatches you know, with a lot of my plays here today. I, I talked about you know, with, with Saban and Brian Kelly. Well, here we go here. All right, Andy Reid against Mike McDaniel. I'm going to take Kansas City because they are tremendous in bounce-back situations after losses. Travis Kelsey said earlier today, we don't care where we play. Uh, as long as they got blades of grass, astro- it doesn't matter. We're here in Germany. We're ready to play. And Tyreek Hill's got some bulletin board material for the Chiefs. They've got that circle because you know Tyreek wants to get back uh, at these guys. But what has Tyreek Hill done against those two defenses that I talked about, Philadelphia and Buffalo? Not much. Kansas City, I'm taking them. Baltimore and Seattle. Trevor, I'm with you. I like the Baltimore Ravens in this game. Seattle's coming off that miracle win last week where it really didn't play that well. Uh, Good spot to go against uh, the Seattle Seahawks in this one. They're traveling cross-country. Baltimore has won three in a row. Oh, and by the way, let's remember, Seattle still has Geno Smith. He was horrendous last week. He's getting worse as the season progresses. I understand Seattle's defense, fine, dandy, this and that. Great spot for the Baltimore Ravens. And remember, just get past midfield. And my man, Mr. Automatic, Justin Tucker. There you go. High draft pick in fantasy leagues, right? I love Justin Tucker. Yeah, Baltimore laying six. No problem against Seattle. And Marco, I'm going against you, brother. I smell some cooking happening here because I'm all about Jalen Hurts. I'm all about Philadelphia because, Marco, what you're failing to realize here is you talked about, you know, sandwich games, sandwich spots. That was a sandwich spot for, for Philly last week. They were in the middle of that peanut butter and jelly sandwich, that tuna fish, or whatever you want. I'm a hot sandwich guy, Marco D'Angelo. That was a Philly cheesesteak sandwich, homie. They were looking past Washington. Why? So they could get to the main vittles coming here against Dallas. Dallas is an easy handicap, folks. An easy handicap. The easiest handicap on the NFL board. Why? You go with Dallas when they're at home. You go against Dallas when they're on the road. It's easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Blow out Arizona, 
blow out San Francisco. They lo- they got blown out by those two teams when they went on the road. And they got a narrow win against the Chargers. Jalen Hurts is better than Dak Prescott. Philly has been in tough games the last four weeks. They are ready for this at-home division game, only laying the field goal. Division championship implications in this game. Philly is much better than the Dallas Cowboys lay the three. Food bet. Food bet's on. There it is. We're putting some parameters in. Winner, we, we do what we always do, but yeah. we're going somewhere where you're not getting comp. If I win, you're taking me where <laughs> you're actually reaching into your pocket. I want to see the credit card. Wow. Or cash. What, what do you care if you're eating for free? No. No, I want you you want you to feel pain. Yeah, so you want to I feel want pain. You feel so, pain. Yeah, you don't want to have a friendly food bet. You yeah. want you want to go ahead and antagonize the person. That's yeah. what you want to do. Absolutely. Okay. That's what it's all about. There it is. Trevor, you see what I gotta deal with over here? I know. Well the problem is you gotta you you have a pro against TC who's also a pro in a different way. And so I'm I'm enjoying watching this battle play out. <laughs> you guys you guys act like this is a friendly competition, but this is like the egg bowl, man. This is like Ohio State and Michigan. It's Cal Stanford. That's how bitter this rivalry is among friends. And this is true, Trout. There it is. All right. All right, brother. We'll let you go. Uh, enjoy your time uh, in studio tomorrow. We'll look forward to talking with you next Wednesday and Friday. Great. Thanks, guys. My guy, Trevor Maddich. There it is. Wow. Mark will get downright... What was what is it? What was the Houston nut term we used earlier? The snob, snobber locker, slobber knocker, the slobber knocker. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. All right. Want well, to uh, thank Trevor Madge for joining us. Of course, Jay Cornegay, our gracious host here at the Westgate Las Vegas, and even Marco D'Angelo. <laughs> Marco will be back on Monday. All right, to uh, take his beating, or or vice versa. We'll yeah. you know we'll see how that plays out. And then uh, Marco will be gone next week. So enjoy your trip. I want lots of pictures. And, yes, I would love a Penn State shirt. (laughs) If if I have to give you cash, I will do that, my friend. I'm not asking you to buy my shirt for me. All right. For Nub Chug back in the studio, TC saying so long. Have yourself a great weekend. And don't forget that uh, we're going to be back out of here on Monday. And get over here to the Westgate during the course of the weekend and check it all out. We'll reconvene on Monday and we'll talk all about the Raiders and the Giants and see how that all unfolds. All right, live from the Westgate Football Friday. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, check it all out. It's up there, the blogs, the interviews, the previews, the classic interviews, all there at tcmartinshow.com. Big Suey! Big Suey! Now bring it home. <laughs> bring it home, baby! Pig! Silly! Razorbacks!